Can you? Yeah. Morning, everybody. I've actually asked Miriam to come and help do an interview because she did such a superb job a few weeks ago. I thought it would be much easier. <laughs> so, I uh, have the privilege of having Miriam as well. Thank you, Jeanette, for inviting me, <laughs> and it's so nice to be in church this morning, and uh, I hope you're all feeling really refreshed, because we're, you're in for a treat today. Uh, you get to hear of um, a journey that Jeanette has had over many, many, many years. In fact, a lifetime, you'll see catch snippets, and um, I think you're going to be really blessed and challenged. And uh, the New Zealand church needs challenge. Mm. We need injections of challenge. <laughs> so today, um, look forward to what God's going to do. Jeanette, um, uh, what, what's your title and what, what are we going to look at today? <laughs> Could we have it up, please? Uh, well, uh, it's the title of a book I've been writing all of last year called No Matter What. And the theme is clinging to God's promises. Wow. Wow. So you've been writing a book? Yeah. <laughs> Huge. Huge. You started this year? No. No. <laughs> I started at the beginning of last year. Yeah. So it's been going. It's about a year. Yeah. It's been running through. All right. Would you like to just start by telling us a story of, um, that stood out to you as you've been writing this book? One that really mm. caught your attention and your heart. I'll tell you about the second year when I was in Thailand um, and I had a language teacher called Pansy and she was very short and she'd just been a Christian for about two months. She'd come from a very strong Buddhist background and she actually was a teacher and so she was teaching me the Thai language and we were studying the Bible. So she figured she knew it because she was a teacher but she didn't know very much at all about the Bible. Um, but when she became a Christian, she was baptised in the Spirit. So every time we met, I'd say, let's pray. So she'd say, right. And she would be immediately praying in tongues. And this was very disturbing to me because coming from St. Albans Baptist Church 50 years ago, that certainly wasn't on. <laughs> and, um, yeah. And I said, why do you have to pray in tongues? And she said, well, look. I've been doing Buddhist meditation for years and years, and every time I go into the different layers of heaven, I see all these angry gods. And I've only ever seen one smiling god, and I know that must be Jesus, but I can't get through to him unless I pray in tongues and get through all the other layers of spirits. And I went, really? Because I was thinking, well, I'll soon teach you how to pray normally. <laughs> but anyway, as she kept praying in tongues, something happened in my heart. And I, I felt something I never felt before. I don't know what it was, just the love of God, I guess. And it created in me a real hunger to know God's love more. Oh, well, to know the power of the Holy Spirit because, yeah, kept being exposed to lots of occult stuff and I had no idea how to handle it. So this was in Thailand, wasn't it, where yeah. you went? And this yeah. is um, one of the dramatic, uh, I suppose, injections that you had into your 
worldview of Christianity. Yeah. And um, what, where, how you had been raised uh, as a in the church. <laughs> as a good Baptist. <laughs> <laughs> and then how God took you out as a missionary. Yeah. And, um, and you were confronted, confronted with a whole different culture. Yeah, I'll just tell you a bit more about that story because... We met a, a, a young boy in the town who'd been to Australia as a Rotary student and he'd lived with 12 different Christian families one month after the other. And his mother had taken him to the temple before he left Thailand and made him take a vow that he wouldn't change religion or he'd die. So at the end of 12 Christian families, he wanted to become a Christian. But um, he waited till New Year and he said, well, I don't know, you know, if I'm going to wake up in the morning or not. But anyway, he gave his life to the Lord and guess what? He woke up the next morning. And when he came back to Thailand, he was looking for missionaries, somebody to help him because his mother was a spirit medium. And every time he tried to witness to his mother, the spirit manifest. And he came and met us and he said, would you come and witness to my mother? She's a spirit medium. And we said, sure, we'll go and share the gospel with her. So another missionary and I went to share the gospel with her and we hadn't been sharing very long. And she said, oh, look, I've got a spirit just like yours. I'll give you a demonstration if you like. And I said, no thanks, bye, see you. <laughs> and so I thought, oh, Pansy's a new Christian. She has a strong background in Buddhism. I'll take her to witness to this um, spirit medium lady who we're having trouble with. And um, we hadn't walked in the door more than two minutes. And for me, it was the worst day of my life. And it was God, because this lady who had the evil spirit suddenly started manifesting she was a posh lady, well-dressed, but she was lifting up a jumper and wiping her nose and acting like a little child, totally out of her tree. And I saw what it was like to be under the control of an evil spirit. And my language teacher, Pansy, was praying in tongues. And then, because she didn't know the scripture very well, she started to try and convert the evil spirit, who said it was a king from Thailand, couldn't get into heaven, and I'm going, oh my God, I'm the missionary, I don't believe in any of this, let me out. <laughs> So I said, we better leave. <laughs> but I asked God for a scripture. I knew that I had to cling to the scriptures. And he gave me the scripture of um, the rich young man and Lazarus. No, Lazarus and the, and the beggar. And, and, you know, Lazarus ended up in hell and he asked for someone to come and, and get him out of hell. Oh, he wanted Lazarus, the beggar. And Jesus said, no, there's a great divide. There's a great chasm and nobody can come back from the dead. And so, and, and tell you about how. And so I knew from the Lord that this was not an evil, this was not a real spirit of a king. It was an imposition. It was an evil spirit. And that was my first lesson that spirits can't come back from the dead. And if you think they are, it's not a spirit of God. And it's an evil spirit. So the Holy Spirit was amazingly amazing in teaching me, even though I knew nothing. Yes. Wonderful, Jeanette. Well, that's pretty dramatic stuff for people coming from Christchurch and, um, <laughs> and uh, in those days. So uh, what, what made you want to or decide to write a book? Well, I had never planned to, but um, a number of people over the years have said, oh, you've got lots of stories, why don't you write a book? And about 13 months ago, I went to Nepal and had lots of time walking with friends and, and one of the guys on the team said, I really think you should write a book. And it sort of resonated in my spirit. And then I said, well, okay, Lord, maybe. And when I came back, there was a course online about unlocking your book. 
And I thought, oh, I'm going to write one, now's the opportunity. And it was awesome because the whole of the first month was testimonies from people who had written books. And the first thing they had to get over was all the negative talk in their brain that told them they couldn't do it. And I thought, yes, that's exactly what I need. So it's, it's, it just didn't happen. You had to really um, overcome ah. and um, yeah. battle through yeah. your thoughts and your mindsets. Exactly. Yes. But you've, you've come well through now, and it's nearly finished. That's fantastic. So um, what was the, what's the theme of your book? What's something that really kept driving you through to, to, to finish it when you came under attack or you were discouraged? What was the, what was the theme that well, all my pulled life, you through? I've learned to survive by clinging to God's promises, and so every chapter has a promise that God gave me or a situation, and what the promise was that God gave me and how I just literally clung to that to win the victory, really. So no matter what, I determined to cling to God's promises. So what were some of those promises that you clung to? <laughs> well, one of the main ones was um, uh, what God used for my call to going to Thailand. And I'd been seeking the Lord for a number of years. Should I go? When should I go? How should I go? Who should I go with? Had no idea. And I wrote to submissions and got some information. And one night I went to stay with my friend Lorraine in Waimati. And unbeknown to me, Avril Bennett turned up, who's a missionary with OMF. And I'd just been praying all about it. And she started telling me about OMF needing missionaries, nurses in Thailand. And I said to God, I was really scared. I said, oh, we looked at the map and here's Thailand right next to Vietnam. The communists were coming through. And I thought, oh, great, you know. <laughs> Uh, I'll probably end up being captured and tortured and <laughs> all sorts of imaginations in your mind. Can we have um, the scripture up, Bradley? Uh, Leslie, thank you. But, you know, that night I said to God, if you want me to go anywhere, I absolutely need to know that I know that it's you. And I had been, it was like a tug of war inside, you know. Light on again, off again. I don't know if it's you, God. And I absolutely experienced a baptism in God's love that night. The love of God just came over me. It was like outside, inside, just the tangible love of God in a way I had never knew was possible. And he swept through me, and as he did, um, these scriptures came to mind. Can anything ever separate us from Christ's love? Does it mean he no longer loves us if we have trouble or calamity or persecution or hungry or destitute? And he didn't say it wasn't going to happen, but it was like all the fears I had um, were kind of listed in this from the Lord. You know, what uh, my fear of war or famine, of not being able to learn the language. Do you know what happened? This scripture or the, or the Spirit of God just washed all those fears out. As his love came through, all the fear washed out. Next one. I'm convinced, or despite all these things, overwhelming victory is ours through Christ who loved us. I'm convinced that nothing can ever separate us from God's love. I said to God, I'll go anywhere in the world to know love like this. Neither death nor life, neither angels or demons, neither our fears. I'm a very fearful person. I was always fearful, but I clung to the word of God. Or our worries. Talk about worries. I've probably had as many as most of you. <laughs> Nothing, even the spirits, can ever separate us from God's love. So, yeah, nothing. 
will ever be able to separate us from God's love. And you know, I had such a, a, an experience of God's love that I knew that I knew that I knew any time in Thailand that I felt scared or many times I didn't experience God's love. I didn't feel his presence. Um, I knew that this was God's promise for me. And so times when I found it difficult, lonely, couldn't feel God, didn't know where he was, I just clung to his word. And I knew, absolutely knew, he called me, and that was it. And that word came again and again to strengthen your resolve. Yeah, really, or yes. many others yes. <laughs> along the way. Yes, yeah. through the years. How long were you in Thailand? 23 years. 23 years. How often did you come home? Oh, about every three years. Yes, and then yeah. you'd, you'd return yeah. again and God would take you on into new things. All right. So it just wasn't sort of easy. It just, you didn't float along as a missionary, you know, thinking, <laughs> well, I'm a missionary now and God, everything will be just perfect. Well, the first year was like that. I oh, felt like right. it was like a honeymoon. All the fears that I had, they were lies. There was nothing true about them. I loved Thailand. I loved the food. I loved the people. And I, I absolutely knew I was in the place that God wanted me to be. And then after that, it started to be more difficult as yes. I got to know the people and the language and yes. heard all their experiences with the occult. Yes. And I actually began to doubt the power of God. Well, it's in the Bible, but I've never seen it, and I've never seen anybody else demonstrating the power of God. But the Thai knew the power of God. They knew the power of spirits to heal, to give them babies, to do this, to do that. And I'm going, the more I learn of the Thai language, the more I'm going, hey, where's the power of God? I need it. <laughs> so it created a hunger in your heart. It did. It a thirst to, exactly. be a, um, to be effective and powerful yeah. in a cross-cultural situation. Yep. I went and asked two missionaries to pray for me for the baptism of the Holy Spirit because I didn't know that this was part of it. But, um, you know, and because I hadn't spoken in tongues and I thought, well, you're supposed to have that, so maybe I should. And I got three words and then I doubted, oh, what use is three words? <laughs> You know, so it was an up and down experience. But even this last week as I've been preparing, I realized, and I said to God, I need someone to mentor me in the things of the Spirit so that I know the power of the Spirit. And it was an up and down experience. And um, I realized God keeps sending Spirit-filled people to help me. One lady came from England. She was an intercessor. And we were at one town, and I was in a new town planting a church. Nothing was happening except... Um, Anyway, she said, we need to pray for three days. Well, I said, we need to pray for three days because you haven't got the language. And after half an hour praying at my place, she said, this is no good. We've got to go around. We've got to march around the town. We've got to go to the, uh, the temple, the hospital, all the main places in the town. And we've got to tell the spirits to get out. And Jesus is coming to take this town. And I'm going, oh, really? I've read about it in a book. <laughs> and I was glad she only spoke English because I, I was a reluctant warrior, really. But do you know what happened that night? I had a, like a dream of a big, red, angry Buddha. And I thought, oh, we stirred up something here. And I was praying in tongues. And, and then the next morning we started to pray. And, and I saw it again. And I told her. And she said, right, God's given you authority in this town. You've got to take authority over that. I said, no, not me. <laughs> yes, you do it. She was quite firm, you know. And um, as I did, she had a vision. And she saw a row of spirits being taken captive and 
taken away and a row of um, Thai people being set free. And she said, that's what's going to happen here. And the next day we had a spirit medium lady arrive at 8 o'clock in the morning on her brother's motorbike saying the Holy Spirit had woken her at 4 o'clock in the morning and she just had this amazing conviction. She had to go and visit her brother who was a spirit medium, a new Christian. She had to come and find the missionaries to be set free and she was the most petrified lady I've ever seen. And God did an amazing work in her life. Uh, awesome. Awesome. So God kept awesome. sending people to help me, even though I was unbelieving and unsure, and woe is me, I'm afraid, and I'm scared, and I can't do it. <laughs> but he just kept sending people. Yes. Amazing God. Yeah, really. And um, you continued to pursue him and saw um, some of these Thai come out of Buddhism and out of their false religions mm. to Jesus. What, 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 can you tell us about some of the people that were converted? Yeah, can we have Latiet? You've heard me talk about her a number of times, and she just died a year or two ago with, um, from cancer. But um, she came to live with me as a young woman before, as a student, when she was 18. And uh, she was hungry to know the Lord. She was wanting to study the Bible, and we studied the Bible. And one day I said to her, first time ever, I said, um, would you like to be filled with the Holy Spirit? Oh, yes, she said. So I prayed for the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Well, horror of horror, she manifests an evil spirit. And I'm going, oh, my goodness, what did I do wrong? So what did that look like? What, what happened when she manifested an evil spirit? What did that look like? Well, I can't remember now, but oh, okay. um, she it just wasn't what? herself. And she okay. was acting strange. Okay. And I thought, oh, it's my fault. I haven't got the Holy Spirit. Maybe I've got the wrong spirit. So I went to a pastor in Bangkok and I said, a Pentecostal pastor, because I didn't know anyone in IMF who could help me. And he said, oh, you people in IMF, you don't know about the things of the Spirit. Just get her into the Word and the Holy Spirit will teach her. Well, God started giving her dreams and visions. And she'd share them with me. And as we, over the years, she just had an amazing ministry. She's the one, well, one of the people that I saw God constantly used her in prophecy and healings. Even when she was sick for three years with cancer, she just saw they, her and her husband planted a new church. She was just absolutely filled with the Spirit and was awesome. But I made a vow. I thought, I got it wrong. She got an evil spirit. I'm never going to do that again. Sad, eh? And you know what happened? It was only when I went to Nepal 13 months ago and John Ferguson invited the whole church to receive the Holy Spirit, did nothing else, just invited the Holy Spirit to come, and lots of people were receiving the Holy Spirit, but three or four people manifest demons, and I thought, ah, oh, that's what happened to me, it's normal. And God put it into context, and, and they were saying, why did that happen? And he said, because there's so many new Christians here, and I only found out as I was writing this book that Latiot's father was worshipping spirits. I didn't know enough to ask her background. So, of course, she's worshipping spirits. The spirit hasn't been dealt with. And so I learned you actually have to help new Christians. Well, I thought it was coming from Asia to get rid of their spirits, but now I realise, well, it could be anybody, even me. could be here in New Zealand. <laughs> really? Yes. And Christchurch too. Yeah. Yes. I've had to renounce a lot of spirits in this last year. I never would because it couldn't be possible, but I could never get free. So I thought, right. It's the only thing left I don't know how to do. I don't, I've never done. And I commanded a huge amount of spirits to leave in terms of 
fear, doubt, unbelief, all these things that I could absolutely never be free of. And guess what? I've been free. <laughs> Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. So, Jeanette, because of your lack of understanding and teaching, it shut you down for 13 years in praying for others to be filled with the Holy Spirit. Mm, so, many years. so that's many, many years. Yes, that can really become like a barrier, can't it, to us? Yeah, Even yeah. on the mission field, when you're, you're doing it all the t working. Well, we had an agreement in our mission that we wouldn't do that sort of thing because it would upset the apple cart because people came from all sorts of different beliefs and we would maintain the unity of the spirit. Yes. So that was another area that, you know, I didn't have yes, freedom in. Yes, you had to overcome. But now you have that freedom. Yeah. So it's wonderful how God has led you. And wonderful to hear how God gave that dreams and visions yeah. and opened up the whole spiritual arena to her. That she, yeah. be, she became more and more um, powerful in God. Yeah. It's wonderful. Is there someone else you want to share about? Yes, can you put up the one of Sommai, please? Um, Pastor Sommai and Rasami were a couple that God gave as a gift when we started an, a, a um, language school in Bangkok to start a new church. And twice before I'd started a new church and we started with missionaries and then tried to put a Thai pastor in and it really didn't work because they kind of got used to missionary ways. So this time I said, I want a Thai pastor to start with. And um, Sommai came along. He was a friend of Damisar's, and he was a man filled with the Spirit, but he'd been in a very difficult church situation, and he was really discouraged. And Damisar said to me, why don't we take him on and encourage him and nurture him and help him to grow in the Lord, which is what we did. And um, so they just had young children. We went away for a weekend retreat, to seek God, how are we going to start this? And God gave him a vision 25 years ago that he would um, be preaching to 500 people. And in that time in Thailand, IMF churches were about 20 or 30 people. And um, we sort of thought, oh, really? Interesting. Well, when I left after four years, there were 30 people as a small church group that had just started. Can we have the next one, please? This is what they've just built, 500-seat church. He rang me just as I was starting to write this book and said, uh, we're going to be dedicating this church. Next one. Uh, these are all the classrooms upstairs. He said, I want you to come to the opening. That was last May, which didn't happen, um, because you and I started this church and want to give the glory to God. Next one. And anyway, they've started meetings in it um, for Thanksgiving and then for Christmas. They don't have all the interior things that they need. They don't have air conditioners, and, and they're still about almost 100,000 New Zealand dollars short. So John suggested if anyone would like to make a contribution towards this, you're very welcome to put something in the offering to Friendship Church or talk to Murdo. Um, Sommai, God has raised Sommai to be an evangelist right throughout Thailand. They've got, a year ago, he told me they had 18 daughter churches. He's trained all his own leaders, done discipleship, done encounter weekends to see people set free from spirits, baptized in the Holy Spirit. They have a major emphasis on prayer and fasting. Anything I ever dreamed of in a church is happening in this church. And um, he's also evangelizing right around um, Asia with 
healing and signs and wonders and just an amazing gift from God. And he had never rung me before. But as I started to write this book, first time in 19 years he rang me and said, I want you here. So now it's sometime this year, so I don't know if I'll get there or not. <laughs> it's in God's hands. Um, amazing, amazing how God's timing. He's never late. Yeah, yeah. Never late. 19 years you had to wait. Yeah. What was it like when you came back from the mission field, Jeanette, uh, compared with where you are today and have the able, you've been writing this book? When you came back, how many years ago did you return? 19 years ago I came back. Okay. I came back feeling a complete failure because when we started this church, we had a team breakup. And um, I was in charge of the team, and basically, we called it Friendship Church, but we weren't friends any longer and we had to split up, and I just felt a complete failure. And I said to God when I was writing this book, I want to see things from your perspective. And the OMF head leadership um, always said that church or missionaries are like the scaffolding. When you go to build a church, you set up scaffolding. And when the church is established, you take the scaffolding away and you let the nationals do it. And that's actually what God did here because Sammai was really filled with the Spirit. And as soon as the missionaries were removed, he was free to do what he really wanted to do, see people baptised in the Spirit, teach them... It just grew and grew and grew. And um, praise God, <laughs> he did it his way. And so really, I've had a, a sense of failure. I didn't realize I had burnout. I've been exhausted many years when I came back, struggling with exhaustion, struggling with fear and doubt and anxiety and negativity. And really, to be honest, it's only as I've written the book this year and seen things from God's perspective that I've received a huge amount of healing. And I'm very grateful <laughs> So I expect a whole new um, season of exciting ministry because I'm free. It's <laughs> wonderful, Jeanette. It's just we just really appreciate your um, your authenticity Thank you. about your own life and how uh, you know to to go out as a young single woman to Thailand uh, to work across culturally and to to sustain a long term twenty three years. And then return to even negotiate the re-entry of New Zealand is huge after that season yeah. away. And um, but here today you can see God's victory, yeah. you can see God's faithfulness, and um, the love of God yeah. that has just filled your heart. Yeah. So what would, if we, what would you just as we draw to a close? What would you like to, to just to leave with the pe the people um, from this session? Well, I think, um, actually, God gave me a scripture this morning as I was waiting on him. One thing I'm learning to do is listen more to God. And I felt like it was just an encouragement for um, people because no matter what, we cling to the word of God, right? We cling to his promises. And it's one you know well, Isaiah 41. But I read it in the Passion this morning, and I just felt it was an encouragement for someone, except I didn't bring my glasses. <laughs> Those who wait for Yahweh's grace will experience divine strength. They will rise up on soaring wings and fly like eagles, run their race without growing weary, and walk through life without giving up. That's what happens when you cling to God's word no matter what. You experience his grace, you experience his strength, no matter 
That's my word of encouragement. No matter how you feel, how inadequate, how broken, I felt all those things. But um, when you surrender to God and say, I can't, but I just receive your grace, I receive your strength. That's how I had to live every day in Thailand. That's how I have to live every day now. He takes us where we are. He meets us. Doesn't mean to say you have to be a missionary, but he'll use you to be a blessing because you're experiencing God, you're experiencing his word. And so, um, yeah, I just thought in the, in the prayer time this morning it would be lovely for us just to um, finish off with what we've already done, really, and maybe it's a top-up again, just experiencing a baptism in God's love because... I doubted it for many years because I didn't ever feel it again much. And, you know, you don't feel things. You think, well, where's it gone? But I was even talking to Miriam as we were preparing, and she said, no, it's all by faith. You just have to receive and believe and, and step out in faith again. So maybe some of you might feel like I have. Well, look, I've tried this for years and years, and there's, there's this blockage and there's this barrier, but actually we just come in faith and say, Jesus, I'm here, I need you, I want to be refreshed, I want to be renewed in your spirit. I know we've already done it, but I think it would be lovely just to have a final song and just soak in God's love again. Would that be all right? Let's just, um, the music team, let's just pray for Janetta's the music team, and the ongoing work in Thailand, and the Mm. church planting and growing there um, is... is, um, yeah, encouraging. Wonderful, Jesus. Lord, we thank you today for Jeanette. We thank you for the years of sowing seed on the harvest field. We thank you, Lord, that now she's seeing a reaping and a fruitfulness around her life. And Lord, we pray that it would be ongoing in Thailand, that, Lord, those seeds would bring forth much fruit. Lord, just not 30, 60, but 100-fold. God, bring increase. Lord, exponential growth across that nation. And Lord, that that church that has begun, God, let us be part of seeing it, having um, all the equipment that is needed to have a wonderful church for 500, we pray. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Why don't you stand?